Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, and no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everybody. Get it for free in the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping. And the theme this week is... Being bad at board games. I understand that. Samesies. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, you got married. I got married. If I sound different, if I look different, if I am a totally new person, it's because I... I have a ring on my finger. Although, you know, I might not technically be married because uh, although we did all the paperwork correctly, I got a phone call from the Cook County Clerk's Office today saying that there was a typo in my name. or (gasps) What? Or I think think what happened was it was my full name is Jennifer and we wrote Jen. So I might not. We might have to do this whole whole thing again. Wow. No, fuck that. We're not no, doing it No, just the paperwork part. Yeah, just yeah. the paperwork. You just have to like sign some forms and well, hopefully. pledge yeah. your lives to one wow, another. Wow, I thought I was thought I was married, but this changes everything. <laughs> but Still single. Hide I, your wives. Honestly, I wouldn't mind doing that over again. Your wedding was great. Thank you. We had such a wonderful time. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it really quick and then we can never bring it up again. Great. Sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> just because we've been talking about it a lot. And you've had to live live through it literally many times and hear me talk about it because I talked about it on a, on a recording that got deleted. So Trin's hearing this for like the 50th time. Anyway, wedding day was amazing. What sold me on wedding days on having like a, like a party for a wedding is on the rehearsal dinner the night before. We were like hanging out at a brewery and three people walked in at the same time. And those three people were Trin, Nadia, and Lynn. And they just happened to like appear together right around 6 p.m. And it was like, oh my God, you, you, and you, you're all here? You're all here to hang out with me? It was Team like this Yeah, it was awesome. And that feeling like kept coming back to me through over and over and over again throughout the weekend, like seeing different parts of my life interact, different people that I love interact with each other. Like my niece is now obsessed with all of you. Yeah. Uh, she she uh, danced with our friends from college on the dance floor and afterwards was like, I made a ton of new friends. Uh, and then the next morning she asked, when do we get to do that again? And I was like, I don't know, not, not for a long time. I think if I ever do that again, it'll be a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> But it was it was the best. And if I sound tired, it's because I am tired. But it was it was amazing. And then you went to a beautiful island to relax and have sex for the first time. For the first time. So hopefully this like clerk office error works out because I've already had sex. Oh no! You can't erase that. You can't take it back. No. <laughs> you forever changed. <laughs> Well, it was wonderful. I'm so glad that everybody was in the same room that you love. And everybody was just, it was so wonderful to see everybody loving you their own way at the same time. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, Trin, I don't know what I was thinking a couple days beforehand. I I told told my partner, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to cry at the wedding. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, that's hilarious. Really? You didn't think you would? I didn't know that I would cry during my vows that I wrote because I wrote them and practiced them a lot. So I kind of took the the weight, the emotion out of them because I read them so many times beforehand. Oh, I don't know who I thought I was kidding. (laughs) I cried halfway down the aisle and then didn't stop for like the next seven hours. I don't know why that reminded me, but, uh, oh, I do know why that reminded me. Okay, so during your vows... So I was a bridesmaid, so I was standing up uh, near Jen during the ceremony, as is my job. And uh, I was standing right next to uh, one of the flower girls, mm-hmm. and she just kept throwing the flowers. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I heard. 
It was. The, I didn't know what was going on until I heard a thump, <laughs> and I was like, I glanced over my shoulder, and there were a ton of flowers like thrown toward me. Yeah, but I didn't know that she was standing up. She wanted to sit, like stand up with the big kids. She stood up next to me and Lynn. So this is, there's this five year old. She's taking the flowers out of her basket, but then also picking them off the floor, putting them back in the basket, and then throwing them again. Wow. Taking and her job very seriously. She just went start to finish, and it was like the delight of my life. That's amazing. Yeah, my one regret is I should have had someone film that part because, <laughs> like, I I knew I wouldn't be able to see it because, like, I walked after them. But, oh, well, I can, I can relive it through friends' eyes. There's a lot of stuff you just kind of miss. So I definitely recommend making all of your friends relive the day many times over again. <laughs> so you had a week in Hawaii. Yeah, like nine. I don't know. I lost track of the days. Went to Maui and Oahu. Most relaxed I've ever been in my life. That's so good. I'm glad it was a relaxed trip and not a let's go see everything trip. Yeah, no, we did. We did like one touristy thing a day and then that was it. Like, I'm not one of those people that's like, let's get up at eight and then not come back till it's dark and do things. No, I don't. I'm not like that in real life. So I'm certainly (laughs) not like that on vacation. I love that. That's such a perfectly paced thing where you can have like, okay, so here's the thing that we do. And then... We did it. Yeah. And, and now let's go to the pool. Let's, let's check something. our email. That's really good. I'm glad you had a good time. You seem a little extra golden now. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little crispy. Your little your Mediterranean jeans. I are was popping off <laughs> my Italian jeans. I was so uh, diligent about uh what's the word? Sunscreen. And I learned uh, a lot about which brands are reef safe and which aren't. Oh, which ones are are? There's like a ton of, you can like find the list easily online. But a good rule of thumb is if it's a spray can, that's not good for the reef. I didn't know that. Yeah, which rarely become, is rarely a problem for you and I because we live in a landlocked state. So this we're not usually near a reef. So but we could good spray We could. I think it'd be okay. There might be other reasons not to spray, but in terms of hurting the coral reef, we're all good. Speaking of sea creatures and also uh, commitment. Snails. <laughs> My snails and I have been bonding so much lately. Tell me everything. Okay, so as you know, I got the six snails, Yucky and the Damp Boys. Which one's Yucky? Do you know? I don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> a guess. They I all get a turn being Yucky. I keep forgetting that I want to go uh, to like some drugstore or whatever and get like really shitty eyeliner and then and mark <laughs> yes. each one of them with eyeliner oh. because then they'll... Because I don't, so shells are hard and I imagine that they protect their soft bodies, but like they're just so, like they're so, <laughs> they're just made of mucus. So yeah, like they'll absorb they're everything. like little, like little snot rockets. Right. They don't leave their shells ever, right? They're no. not like Crabbingtons? No, they That's are what I not. crabs. Okay, got it. It's crab- Crabbingtons, I believe, so hermit crabs. Yes. Are the kind of crab that will leave right. their shell. Right. Not all crabs are like that. No. Saw a couple in Hawaii. They skitter like this. <laughs> you can't see it, but Jen is very accurately reenacting. We saw one crab, then like the tour boat guide was, that's the only kind of crab in the world that can walk forwards and backwards. Weird. And it's like, should we get his autograph? <laughs> that's the only one. <laughs> that's the only one there is. In the entire universe. So my snails and I have been bonding, and uh, it's this is gross. I'm going to say it anyway. Say it. So it's summertime. Berry season. And as we know, uh, the climate uh, emergency is changing our seasons in such a way that I think it's a good idea to enjoy our spring and summer berries right now. But every now and again, there will be a mushy cherry. Oh, so, mush, like a literal mushy cherry. A mushy cherry, you know? And so and I was like, I bit it and I was like, oh no, it's gross. Pleh. But wait. <laughs> But wait. Oh, I could just picture you trying to look at your snails My now. snails. So, like, I rinsed it off a little because I was like, who knows what kind of diseases I have. 
And I gave them my bit cherry, and they they ate it. And I was like, I Aww. I have provided life. They were. That's probably the happiest they've ever been. Oh my gosh! They. Oh, I so I try and give them like a piece of fruit, a piece of leaf, and then eggshell. And every day. It, well, it it depends. Cause, yeah. So the thing about snails is they sleep for three days at a time. Hell yeah, they do. Right. So every three days, because I timed it with their napping. Oh, I, <laughs> that's the cutest that they take such long naps. Every three days, I'll pick them all up, put new food in the thing, and then drop them on top of the food. Do you pick them up just with your palm? Yes. That's very cool, Trin. Well, they do, they're not out of their shells most of the time. Right, right. Yeah. But you're just, oh, right. You pick just them up when they're in their shells. Got it. That's so cool, though. Yeah, and then you put them in a little bowl. And it's funny because I could just, like, leave them there. <laughs> and, like, I've only had, I've had one escapee snail one time. Did I ever tell you about no. that? So they're on a windowsill, and the snail got out of the terrarium and just was on the window. Whoa! But it was like six hours of the thing being open, so he didn't get very far. No, he did not. I'm not too concerned. Do you think he was like, oh my God, where am I? Oh my God, oh my God, where I, are my friends? I think he was like, wow, the ter- terrarium's better today. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was probably like, I want to go home. I hope Trim, Trin comes to find that me. That snail's no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> Unless a giant warm hand has picked him up and dropped him on a pile of his friends and fresh food. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't, there's not a thought in there's his not, head. There's just carnival music playing I, in their ears. I finally found a creature dumber than my cat. That's my snails. <laughs> they're also too dumb to have fear. So when they are, oh, when they're like walking around or whatever, I can just put my hand in the terrarium. But they don't care? They do I don't even think they can see me. That's incredible. They're very stupid. I love them That's great, much. though. That's a great pet to have. And you can't their, harm them. They're little nibblers. They're nibblers. They're little nibblers. They have literal... They're not like teeth. No. So they have the stalk eye bonguses. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they have two, a pair of bongos. They, <laughs> and then they have little nubby nibblers that look like... Uh, they just look like little short stalks. I'm picturing a snail with buck teeth right now, and it's really delighting me. Honestly, that's not too far off from the truth. <laughs> Jen, we could answer this question. Blah! So we answered this question already, <laughs> but then then the computer ate Jen's track. Sure did. Uh, and and But we're going to answer it today. And you know what, Jen? This is good timing because... Because of Gen Con. We're going to Gen Con this week. As you well know, the celebration of Jen... In Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Gen and board games. We're going to Gen Con. Gen, are there any events at Gen Con you might want people to know about? Sure are. Um, we've sold out on Saturday night, but Friday night, Cards Against Humanity is having a comedy show, and two lucky members of the audience will be chosen to, and we will help you sponsor a wolf and a fox from the Wolf Sanctuary, which is a local sanctuary. It's like a couple miles outside of Indianapolis. And we will care for a wolf by providing its food and its care, and you'll even get to meet the animals. So that's one reason why you should come to our show. The second reason is they're really funny and well-produced, and it's a good use of an hour of your time. You can get tickets at kalivegencon.com. And now we're going to do the question? No, wait, I have one thing. Oh, you have a thing. So at Gen Con, it's a tabletop convention in Indianapolis. It's happening this weekend. And I am hosting a panel and meetup for ZineQuest. So people made our RPG zines. We made like a whole bunch of them and like launched them on Kickstarter. And so now I'm doing a panel and a little meetup. And if you want to hang out, you can. It's going to be at the Hyatt at 5 p.m. on Thursday, August 1st. Oh, hell yeah. So uh, we'll be around. We'll be around. Maybe we'll meet some of you. Maybe we won't. It's yeah. the sweatiest four days in gaming. At the very least, perhaps some of you will be in the same building as us at the same time. And we shall bless you from afar. That's cool. Great. First question. Dear Jen and Trin, 
I have somehow lucked into a wonderful group of friends. I'm incredibly grateful to have them. However, there's a snag. They are all amazing at board games, especially big, in-depth strategy games, and I suck at them. I like gaming, and I think I contribute usefully when we play co-op games or RPGs, but I just don't have the right type of brain to strategize over several hours. I normally lose, often really badly, and I can't keep the rules straight in my head. My friends jokingly tease me about this, and I end up feeling like an idiot that they've just invited out of pity, even though I don't feel like this the rest of the time. How do I become a better loser? I want to carry on hanging out as a group, and I enjoy the games, just not coming in last. I also don't want to come across as insecure by asking them to stop teasing me when I know it's in good fun. Please note that they are definitely coming from a good place, and we joke and tease each other about other things without it being an issue. The problem is definitely me and not a toxic friend group. Thanks for any advice. Pronounce she, her. Well-written question. Gave us a lot of information that we need. There is one glaring part of this question that I think is important for us to address immediately. What is it? And it is that this uh, this asker seems pretty insecure about not being well-versed in doing this one extremely specific skill. One very niche, niche, however you want to pronounce that word. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And that skill is being good at in-depth strategy board games. There's a reason that's a category of games. It's because they're not for everybody. Right. Uh, you also, you listed that you uh, contribute meaningfully in co-op games and you lean hard on the role-playing and in a role-playing game. You sound like somebody who is really, really fun to play games with, but you don't enjoy Euro-style, complex, economic, risk board games. Lots of people don't. I don't. That's yeah. not for me. Those kind of games are not for me. I definitely prefer co-op games or games where stupid people can thrive. I'm just kidding. Um, Trin actually said something really smart while we were reading this question, which was, you shouldn't conflate being bad at strategy games with not being smart. I mean, I I would say any board games at all. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, so it's not even that you're bad at board games because you've specified that you're not. You're just not good at this tiny amount of games within this subcategory of games. Yeah, that's that's just not your thing. And that's fine. And that is really okay. We will talk about how to get better at these things because there are certainly like things that you can do. Uh, But have you considered playing different games? Yeah, you mentioned RPGs and co-op games. And I think it's time for you to fully lean in into those and say that's your strong preference. Yeah. But ultimately, if you're not making the game a bad time by complaining or being a sore loser, there's no reason to stop playing these complicated board games. If you don't understand it, but you're having a good time, that's okay. Also, you may be making your friends feel amazing because there's somebody they'll always beat. Yeah, that's true. This would totally be me if I didn't refuse to play strategy games with my friends, which I do. You're braver and more mature than me. But most importantly, you have a good attitude about this. You said you want to be a better loser, but honestly, you sound like a pretty dang good loser. You're okay with your friends lovingly teasing you. You keep getting invited, okay? You're part of a game, a group that likes to play in-depth games and you don't, you're not good at them, but you keep getting invited because of your personality and how nice and funny you are. Like, your friends want to keep playing games with you. They don't really care who wins. And man, there are plenty of people in the world I would not want to play an in-depth or any board game with because those yeah. take hours. Your friends want to spend hours of time with you. Yeah. Man, it's just, you have so many non-problems here. Like, it is not a problem that you are bad at games. It is not a problem that your friends continually beat you in these games. But you do have one actual problem, which is either that you're feeling insecure about this or that, wait, wait, I think that's it. I yeah. Think, I, I was going to say that, that your friends are making you feel bad, but they said they're not. Yeah, you provided, like, a re- really good context, which is, 
you're only the butt of the joke in this instance. Like you're not being made fun of in other contexts or you guys all equally tease each other. Um, There's a friend in my group that we tease because she loves country music. And every time a country, like any mention of country music comes up, we all look at her and we're like, you bet you love this song, don't you? Even if it's like a really, <laughs> like it's, it's just kind of how friend groups operate. Um, so, so if they have a good attitude about it and you have a good attitude about it, really the only problem is internal. Yeah. And like, I also feel like I, I really hope that your friends aren't pressuring you to do this extremely uh, niche hobby that they have. It is a very narrow amount of games that they're looking at if it's all games that are strategizing over several hours. I mean, I think that the problem might be just maybe you should bring some other games with you. Yeah. There are plenty of board games and tabletop games that include strategy, but like in a different way. So for example, um, the card game I always suggest to people is Hanabi. So it's this building, uh, like kind of a deck building game where nobody can talk to each other and like there's specific rules on how you can communicate. And it's very cool and it's very co-op, but it's short. So it's not something that you need to keep straight for hours and hours at a time. I mean, maybe you can play a short game like Hanabi and like watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. Or play like a shorter game like Codenames or Monikers. And then when your friends want to break out the in-depth strategy games, you can play or you can say, I'm actually going to, I'm going to watch this round. PSA, when someone says they would prefer to watch the game instead of play, just just let them do it. Okay. Yeah. Don't be like, no, it's more fun with you. You have to play. We need you. Blah, blah, blah. Just, just let them watch. Yeah. I actually love watching my friends play games. I find it's like an introvert heaven. I mean, that's like the whole uh, concept of streaming is just people like to watch people playing games. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, you can be the snack baron. You could be Ooh, the, like the, the person who brings down the brownies. One time I hung out with my buddy Steven and, and a bunch of his friends, and uh, I had arrived in the middle of an intense D&D game. And it was like my favorite hangout ever because I just sat on the couch and I listened to them, like, play out their game. And I diddled on my phone and occasionally chimed in, and it was perfect. So if you can't, so maybe there's like three different solutions to this. One is different other games and making your friends aware that what they like is very, very narrow. And we can't do that every single time. I think that's fair. Yeah. Isn't it fair that like you switch off who picks the game? Right. Like right. every week or whatever. I mean, you got to go to a, I say you got to, but you don't have to do any capitalism you don't want to do. But you can go to a, a tabletop game store, a board game store and say, hey, I'm looking for games that are easy to learn but fun and strategic to play, like Dixit or something like oh, that. Oh, I love Dixit. Yeah, there's also there's this game Mysterium that I think you might like. So if you have role-playing tendencies, you like to be kind of co-op, you don't want to get like these, these economic, like mathy games, Mysterium is a really good game because there's sort of a DM role. So as long as you don't play the lead, like the ghost character, you might have a lot of fun. Yeah, consider going to like a game store and just asking like, hey, my friends play fucking Risk and like that one game about running an electric company and like all those crazy things. The Battlestar Galactica game. The Battlestar Galactica game. Which I heard is a nightmare. Did you ever, did you, so one time at the the company New Year's Eve party, like all of the nerdologues, this like improv group and sketch group that uh, lives in our city and we work with, they would just lock themselves in one of the rooms. And I think that they may have missed the countdown to midnight because they were playing the Battlestar Galactica no, Burger. Yeah. That's amazing. Living up to the name Nerdalogs, that's amazing. It was like Joe and Eric and Good Mary Beth. Them. I know, it was really, really cute. I'm intrigued by that game because I know like halfway through the game, you could find out your Cylon or something. So I'm interested, but not enough to dive in for that long. Right, same. So so first tier of, of things is we're going to change the situation in that we're going to talk to our friends about maybe incorporating other board games. We're going to play some games that are 
more like the way that you think, which is great. So then the second component of this is let's talk about why you're bad at at board games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So first, the first component could be please make sure that if you are bad at complicated board games, it is not the time to have night wine with your board games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you got to concentrate. Yeah, it is not the time to diddle with your phone. If you want to drink and diddle with your phone, that sounds amazing. I'd like to do that right now. But if I'm I'm trying to play a complicated board game where I'm listening to rules, I need to be focused. You can also just read the manual, which sounds terrible. Like a couple times before everyone meets up. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and this is a lot of work. Honestly, I think that uh, if I were you, I would go with the other option, which is like, you know, change your friend's behavior a little bit. Because once again, this is just like if your friends constantly got together to play dodgeball, but you have mobility issues. Yeah, it would be a little rude. Or you just don't fucking like dodgeball. Yeah. Like, it's it's okay. If you do want to get better, um, you could try to teach the game to someone else because as you're explaining it, just like anything, as you're explaining it, you'll start to realize the questions you have and stuff. But I like what Trin said, like, you don't have to get better ever. Right. Also, you might not get better. Like I, no matter how much I practice or whatever, I will never be good at softball. And it's fine. I don't need to be good at softball to enjoy it, which I do it every week anyway. But like this might be your softball. It might be a fun way to hang out with your friends, but it might not. But you might be the worst person on the team. Yeah. Which I am. (laughs) (laughs) You can also play um, uh, less complicated games with your friends on like off nights. So one of the more difficult things to teach about board games is the foundational knowledge that you gather after playing a million board games. Oh my God. Yeah. Foundational knowledge. Right. When we say foundational knowledge, what we mean is focus on games that have one major component to learn. So for example, like Settlers of Catan is this like map game. Dominion is a really good um, explanation uh, and exploration of the, uh, the deck building mechanic. Ascension is another game that's good for that. So Ascension is another good like card tabletop game that will teach you both like, okay, so everybody has different goals, but we're all still trying to fuck each other and we're still like, trying to win <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think identifying less complicated board games that will teach you foundational knowledge will also help. And I know that we keep saying this, but I think it's important for us to repeat over and over again, you don't have to get better at board games. Yeah, who cares? You can, but you don't have to. It's not a sign of intelligence or character or anything like that. Yeah. Um, what's way more important is uh, how you treat people. And it sounds like you treat people pretty well because your friends keep wanting to hang out with you. Uh, and it sounds like your friends have a pretty good attitude too, for the most part, right? Right? Yeah. And if you, if you do at some point get sick of being teased, um, if you are a little sick of being butt of the joke and you're not winning any games, you will have to say something. Yes. Because they will just continue to assume that the language they've been using is acceptable. Yes. Like if uh, my friend I was talking about messaged me tomorrow and was like, actually, I know we, we make fun of how much I like country music, but it's actually starting to get under my skin a little bit. Can we not, can I not be part of that joke anymore? We'd all be like, 100%, totally okay. Yeah. Feel free to make fun of me about anything unless I get upset and then I tell you no. <laughs> like, you know, like you gotta, you might have to open this up to the friend group and tell people like, can we not? It makes me feel stupid. But you're not stupid. You're not. It's just board games. Yeah. You've opted into this joke with your friends, which is fine. And if you're comfortable with that, that's great. But even if it's a little bit bothersome to you, even if it makes you feel a little bit stupid when they say like, oh my God, Claire, bad game. I don't even know how you make fun of somebody. Like, you're not a huge fucking dork like me. <laughs> you know, like, you know what you can do after they make a comment like that? You can say, you're allowed to do that, but now you have to give me a compliment. Like, like make them lot. pay for it. <laughs> Holy crap. And the third way that you can uh, remedy this situation, so... Uh, we went over changing the situation by altering what games you play, 
maybe sitting out games, that sort of thing. And then we talked about getting better at board games themselves. But the third option is just plan something completely different. Yeah, break. It's yeah. okay to take a break from board games for a while. You know, my group of friends is like pretty wild about playing trivia every week. But like um, a couple of years ago, we had a friend who was like, eh, I just decided I'm kind of over it. We were like, okay, yeah, it's fine. We'll see you this weekend when we all get food or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can just say, Hey, guys, I know we have a regular board game uh, night on Wednesday. How about on Thursday? I've been meaning to see this movie. Who wants to catch up and, and go see the movie with me? Yeah, that might, you might have to be up to you to make the, the newish plans. Yes. But um, that's, if you're cool with that, you should pursue it. Cool. I think that you can get better at games if you want to. You really, really don't have to, though. Yeah, if you don't have an interest in, like, educating yourself about this, then there's better ways to use your energy and time. And honestly, there are lots of situations in which you will want to learn about somebody's hobbies. I married a Canadian, so now I know a lot about hockey. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you do. And it's not because I feel like I need to adopt all of my partner's interests, but because I know how important this is to him. And I know uh, that it delights him when I have little pieces of information. And also, hockey's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to have, like, questions that your partner can answer about their hobby. Yes. Like, and, and your partner should do that in turn to you. Like, uh, I wouldn't know anything about 80s hair metal, except that my partner really likes it, so I know way too much about it. So, uh, my partner, uh, does. he'll never learn about plants. It's just, he, <laughs> but, but one thing that he does do uh, is sometimes I'll talk to my plants, and then he'll answer as my plants. That's... <laughs> best thing I've ever heard. So I'll be like, oh, hey, plants, how's it going? And I say that to them just kind of naturally now because I always have and now that I live with him. Anyway, like, hey, plants, how's it going? They're doing great, Trin. <laughs> Thank you so much for oh the water. Oh Babe is a little thirsty, but now I feel great. This is, my soul is erupting. <laughs> this is what, it's that kind of thing that makes life worth living in friendship and love, okay? That is awesome. <laughs> Trin, it's good to see you. We haven't seen you in a few days. Like he talks like that. It's really great. Anyway, this this could be the plants situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's the answer to that. Yeah, I think, I guess the most important thing to drive home here is like you don't have anything to prove. Yeah, you really don't. You don't. I know it feels like it because it, these games make people feel intelligent. But what what's way more important than intelligence is compassion and being kind to one another, and joy with your friends, and having a good time, and being Mr. Rogers. And <laughs> What's going on over there? <laughs> I think I'm getting a little off, off topic here, <laughs> but it, being smart isn't that important, okay? Well, it's not even just being smart. It's like being, and you, it's, so winning a board game is, is smart, but it's also foundational knowledge. And, and luck. Competitiveness and luck. And uh, when you play, uh, like like we mentioned earlier, like when you play uh, Dominion or you play uh, Werewolf or something, you learn a certain mechanic and then you get really good at it. And then those uh, different strategies can be brought to the board game. What I'm trying to tell you is that you might never be as good at games as your friends. Ever. It might just not be the language you speak. Right. Like um, the example I thought of was some people People grew up playing, like, Trin, you grew up playing games on the PC. I did. Well, on the Apple II. On the Apple II. Because uh, that was way back in the day. (laughs) And um, I grew up playing games on consoles. So, like, I have a hard time. I can play a game on a computer, but it's hard. And Trin, I know you don't really play console games at all. Oh, I can't thumbs. Because you can't do it with your hands. It's like, it just doesn't, it would take a lot of time for you to get comfortable doing that. You know what? It kind of, I tried to teach myself, oh, this was such a mistake. What I did, I'm going to tell you. So one time I had the worst fever of my entire life. 
And uh, I think it was when I had mono. And so when, you ha- when you're sick for a long time, you play a ton of video games. Anyway, I was playing Geometry Wars, which if you're not familiar with it, it's basically like, it's beautiful. Like there's fireworks, don't worry about it, Google it. And I tried to teach myself how to console, how to use a console pad while I was like deeply sick and feverish. Oh, <laughs> see, that'll color your experience with it consoles did. forever. It really did. And, and I, I did okay, but I was just kind of like, this is not for me. Like, it, you know, it reminded me of when I first tried to uh, learn how to move my hands independently playing piano. Oh, totally. It's very, very hard. to It's like, a skill. I think people forget that. And it's easy for some people. For some people, like they're, like some people can play one part with one hand, one part with the other, and sing. And that is not something I can fucking do unless I'm really, really trying hard to concentrate. But you know what? I'm really smart, and I have failings. You're really smart, and you have failings, too. And that's okay. This is a great thing to fail at. Yeah, of all games. the things. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things you could be bad at, this isn't so bad. Um, we hope that we helped you. I guess the, the, the short version of it is uh, if your friends are making you feel bad, even just a little bit, do speak up. You're not stupid. Don't let their teasing make you feel stupid. Uh, you can learn how to get better at board games. It is going to take a lot of work. And you're smart. Talk to your plants. Talk to your plants. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the fertilizer. She's real good. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he's way better at it than I am. I don't know. I don't know if you could top that. (laughs) (laughs) This this has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to follow us on the Twitter, you should. If you'd like to harass us on the internet, you you can do so on Twitter. You can do that at Do Friendship. Uh, if you would like to send us a question, you can at friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Alex Cox for making the studio work, especially today and last week. We were having a lot of trouble. Thank you so much, Alex. If, you can, if you're listening to this episode right now, a miracle has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Follow Alex Cox at Alex Cox, C-O-X, not the other way, on Twitter. Thank you to, who have I thanked so far? Thank you to Monica. Yep. Okay, Monica Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for doing our design work. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our song. And thank you, beautiful audience, for listening. You're welcome for talking. You friendship at the problem. Thank you to Molly. Okay, starting. Oh, I got, I licked the... Oh. I licked oh, the pop guard nuts. on accident. Oh my God, I probably have so many diseases when they're...